Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. What it do, what it be, back for part three of the Blackness Mini Summit. This bonus episode features Lorena Germán and Jolanda Sealy Ruiz talking about healing the black community and schools. <laughs> Let's go. Hello, sister. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for for talking with me, for joining this little summit thing. Um, I am so honored to have a conversation with you. Same here. It goes both ways, sis. Please know that. Oh. I told you when we were offline, I was recommending your book to a school district. Just really grateful for your voice, uh, for your authenticity, for your way of being, mm. uh, how you friend, how you mother, how you teach. So the honor is mine. Yeah, because we're friends on Facebook and you get to see a lot there that I don't share elsewhere because that's where family is at for me, you know? Exactly. And just some people in the professional world that I'm like, okay, I can trust you or like, your homies with the homie or then you're a homie, right? <laughs> so that's, that's right. how I curate that space. Um, so yeah, you can see all of that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful sis. Now I hear you. Listen, I am ready to just sit with yes. you and with the folks who are online and to see what happens. Yes. So this is what I want to do with our time. I Let me catch you up. In the morning, Britt and I talked about being black biracial and she got into that and just her story and and also like the nuances of how much more holistically we should be teaching about black history in schools then she had a conversation after that with roberto my husband who's in multicultural multicultural classroom and they talked about you know just blackness and latinos and this community and the diaspora and like we are one really yes and so what i want to do with you is talk a little bit about the intersection of blackness, healing, and education. Mm -hmm. What is missing? What do we need? Um, and and why are we here right now? Right, right. So you said because you went out a little bit. Did you say blackness, healing, and education? That's what I said. Beautiful. And I also want to just give a big up to my daughter, who's Black Tina. And, you know, and I don't even want to say navigating because there's so much beauty to that. And it's the world that doesn't understand it. That's right. That's, right. Is, that's when it becomes a navigation. Mm. Um, and it's for us and our communities to appreciate it more and to interrupt kind of the racist uh, thinking, uh, the colonized mindset that some of us have, um, that often the line is divided by color and all of that. So we need to do that, continue to do that self-work. I've seen a lot of change and I'm hoping that in my daughter's generation of being a Black Tina, that she will not have to deal with a lot of stuff from a generation ago. Right. But in terms of your question of the intersection of Blackness and healing and COVID and where we are now, you know, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice not to heal. 
We don't have a choice in school for teachers not to heal themselves and to make spaces for children to be healed. And that's why, sis, you see a lot of what I'm doing, particularly with Dr. Angela Costa. And March 11th, we have uh, something happening, just a one-day institute on healing-centered pedagogy. Mm -hmm. And more and more of us need to continue to talk about love, to talk about healing as we are talking about abolition, as we're talking about you know, racism and white supremacy and all of that. We need to also talk about loving ourselves and loving the children we serve. So what's the place of healing? It has to be central. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether you approach it by social emotional learning, however you're going to do it, whether it is asking children to meditate in class. My classes at TC, we start with mindfulness. We start with meditation. Yet young people, let young people um, meditate, let them sit in quiet, let them write. And let them have a moment to gather themselves because it's a lot going on. It's a lot. It's a say lot that again. Us. Can you say that again Listen, for the people in the back? A whole entire <laughs> lot. You know what, though, Yolanda? Can you help us? Because there is this superficial understanding of love, mm. particularly in education. And I only scratch the surface of it in, in texture teaching, but. I'm hearing so much about that. I got to love my students. I love my students. And what that looks like to some people is I play hip hop in class or I bring in cupcakes on Fridays or mm. I offer extensions on deadlines. And all of those things are sweet. Yeah. I'll always take a cupcake. I will always take a cupcake. Okay. But Red velvet for me. Red velvet. <laughs> okay. But, but is that love though? Um, you know, it, for some people, it is a form of love, but the love that we need in schools is what I talk about with critical love, right. which is a love of liberation. That's right. So that's a different kind of love. We need that amorous love. We need that love that if something goes down with a kid uh, outside the classroom, when a, a child or a kid is sad right. and you have someone to listen to them. But the love I'm talking about is a love that is based on respect. Yeah. Respect for that child, respect for that child's community, and also that critical love that will, for the, number one, for the teacher, in order to uh, interrupt some of the racist, bias, homophobic, all of those things that we're socialized with, to love ourselves enough to free ourselves from that, and then to turn around and to help free the students from those negative uh, deficit stories that are told about them for me so love it's liberation yeah that's the love that i'm talking about we need and if you're not trying to liberate yourself and liberate your children then you are just you're, you're kind of bringing in cupcakes and like you said those things are nice and particularly uh if folks are hungry or create <laughs> right. a, a nice community a nice environment mm -hmm. but i'm talking about getting free right that's what i'm saying right so my frustration stems from this superficial stuff that people are calling love as if that's it and and then we're left with the same system and we're left with the same problems that you say you love me but you're not advocating for a better quality of life for me or my community that you drive in to teach to every day you know and so i think about my own experiences in high school and some of the harshest experiences i had were at the hands of teachers Yes. Like they were at the hands of teachers. They weren't even at the hands of my peers. And I think some of those teachers would say that they loved us. 
And I would say that they did not because it's, you did not respect us enough to teach us things that would make that community better. You did not teach me things that would offer me the healing that I needed from the stuff I was consuming in the media and in society that was telling me all kinds of negative things about me. So like, you know, I think that's about it. love as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, I'm not going to be like, hi, Yolanda, that's so sad. I'm so sad what's happening for you. And I'm watching you fall into an abyss, right? Like love is like, wait a minute. Let I'm, me, let I'm, me, I'm, I'm going to help you. It's let me interrupt. But you know what says what you so brilliantly just did is that you laid out and distinguish the love that that teachers are giving so they can feel good about themselves and say they love their students and actually the love that is needed and required to teach in a racist system so you you know we can we can right now make a list because you've already added four or five things on the list and here's the here's the thing the kicker is this if you say you're loving and the system is the same and everything is status quo then you've got to pause and say, what kind of love am I giving? Because the love that we're talking about is a love that liberates. It's a love that makes change. If you're loving and the status quo still goes on and we find ourselves in the same position we did the year before, then no, we have to ask some questions. Okay, but hold on. Let me complicate this real quick. Please. Because I think that without mentioning it, right, we're talking primarily about like, typically white teachers right, who, who express this can you hear me did it break up yeah it was somebody tried to call i hope that oh okay, doesn't okay. Mm -hmm. right so without naming where we are talking primarily right uh, 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 like white teachers who have some of that cultural disconnect that gap and when i think about some of my first years of teaching i was in a school which is the one that i have gone to high school and mm. i struggled in that first year that second year to i even wrote a poem about this but to not open up my heart i struggled mm. i protected it because i saw myself in those kids and that that breaking open I was like, yo, I don't know how I'm going to close it. Yeah. So can you just, because, because we're saying love and do all this. And I, I can, I know of educators, black educators, Latino educators who, who are like, yeah, I have to separate a little bit. I have to have this distance for the sake of my own survival, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, no, sis, now you're talking about self-love too, right? right? So here's the thing. All we want people to be well. You know, teachers have to be well in order to encourage their students to be well. And in being well, you know, we have to have healthy boundaries. We have to have uh, a level of self-love, a level of self-respect. And so what you explained, I mean, that's uh, a normal reaction of someone who loves, the, loves themselves who lives in a racist system. Right. So both things can be true. You know, you know that you can go into this environment where you went to school, you can remember the damage, you can remember the violence that was done to you. And at the same time, you can hold that you don't want that to be repeated for another child. And at the same time, you have to, I don't want to use the word be careful, but you have to kind of moderate how you are engaging so you can protect yourself and love them as well. Because a lot of um, confusion that teachers have is they say, if I love my students and I do all for them, they think it's this selfless, you know, whatever's portrayed in Hollywood, that kind of mess. No, that's the kind of mess we talk yeah. about. Because if you 
look at Black and Latinx mothers, they've been loving their babies in this racist system against all kinds of odds. And the thing is about our Black and Latinx mothers, they have not always, depending on the generation, taken care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So we follow that pattern. We have to stay healthy also as an example for the young people that we're loving. So if we're like given everything and we're dragged down and we're tired and we're looking raggedy and ragged mm -hmm. because we're loving them, what kind of message is that sending to? Right. So it's the self-knowledge, it's the self-love that we have to also practice as we engage in loving our students in our classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. So. Can you um can you drop a couple of the gems you're dropping at that at that full day of uh, healing pedagogies? Can you drop a couple of them? Just one, maybe. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll talk about racial literacy. We'll talk about archaeology of self, and it really is just about um, dealing with the truth. I think a lot about Sister Bell Hooks, who's now our ancestor, mm -hmm. and she has given us so much. She has written over 42 books. She left an incredible legacy behind. And she talks about how truth is the beginning of love. Mm -hmm. So for us, as we begin self-love, that journey, is that we have to start being honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. For those of us you know, who are people of color, we have to be honest about ways we might still be holding on to assimilationist mindsets, colonized mindsets, how we look at our brothers or our sisters and we are more critical of them because we've not solved or settled the internal racism that's within. So we have to begin with truth and start telling the truth. So that really is what I want to offer here today to begin to see what Bell Hooks told us at the beginning of love is truth. And that can be applied to other folks as well, not just the self. Because if you are truly loving those students, like what we're talking about, uh, the beginning of loving them is truth. Being truthful about what's happening in your classroom, truthful about what's happening in your school and in your district, that is blocking from seeing their full humanity. Mm -hmm. You've got zero tolerance policies going on. Children are being suspended, black and brown children, at rates that are faster, even if it's a so-called majority-minority the way that we look at the children and mm -hmm. discipline. Mm -hmm. No, we got to be honest about how we are upholding white supremacist notions mm -hmm. and that we're murdering the spirit, as Bettina would say and right. Patricia Williams would say, we're murdering the spirits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we lie to ourselves. Right. We lie and we deflect and we yeah. say, oh, that's the way the system is. Mm -hmm. That's what it has to be. No. They have no. to learn how to navigate the system. Uh, yeah, all those things we say, no, right. you have to be truthful about your role in this. Yeah. Because it's the individuals, the people who move on their beliefs, based on their beliefs, they create practices and those practices make policies. That's all a human enterprise. And each of us are part of that human enterprise. And we got to be honest about our role in it. Mm. Okay, well, that was a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. No, but you're good. No, that's amazing. I appreciate that whole take, this whole conversation too, just has me just thinking more and more about, about this healing and how that healing is not separate from that love we're talking about. 
right? Mm -hmm. And that love is not, it begins with truth. And I think that there's something to be said for how at the root of all of this legislation and all of this that we're seeing is, is the opposite of truth, right? It is the opposite of truth. They are fighting so that truth is not taught, it is not celebrated, it is not honored, it is not included. And so this is just diametrically opposed, right? You know, this tension between truth and lies and everything that truth brings and everything that lies brings, right? Like we are in the middle of yes. tension and we are feeling that chaos every day in schools and classrooms. Sissy, you just broke it's it down. spiritual in some ways. You know what I mean? Oh, listen, teaching is a spiritual act. I've always seen that. And, you know, and when we talk about spirit murdering, right. spiritual act, we are so afraid, though, to talk about spirit, to talk about the presence of, of, of God, to, to you know, you, we're just so afraid to talk about all yeah. of that, yeah. you know? And, and yet we come from, and I'm not saying that all black and brown people uh, or, you know, some of us are atheists, some of us are as agnostic, but culturally, for the most part, mm -hmm. black and brown folks have come up in a religious tradition, particularly because it is religion that saved our ancestors. Mm -hmm. Those songs, mm -hmm. that prayer, praying that it would be a new day, all of that, and that's been passed down generationally. So when we talk about, like, culturally responsive teaching, when we talk about schools being almost in the opposition of what happens in the home and on the weekends, that's a major piece. Yeah. That is a major piece. So there's so much says for us to talk about and unravel. And that's why the critical love piece, this piece of liberation is important. And not just the hug, not just the cupcake. It has to be more. Yeah. No, listen, that's the perfect way to wrap this up. Um, you know it's short. I appreciate your time and I want to value what we said. It was going to be short. So I hope everybody here has, uh, oh, look, Sonia's here too. Listen, um, it was Mo Brown was here, Sonia Cherry Paul, <laughs> uh, my do it girl, Zakia, like beautiful people. And I send yeah. love because we're the warriors. We're out here. We're doing it, y'all. Don't get tired. Yes. Oh, my. It is making do, right? Like, let's have some systems to support ourselves because we got to endure. We got, we got I see brother Adrian here of the Cold Crush Brothers. You talk about love and love of the community. Mm. Those brothers, the first major talk about rap group. I had the pleasure of being the neighbor with Adrian and his family. Yeah. You know, talk about love. We've always loved ourselves. It's the mm -hmm. systems that That's are not. That's the take. I'm taking that because you said that earlier too, right? About your daughter, and I'm taking that. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let that simmer and <laughs> marinate up there. Thank you so much, Yolanda. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned because we're going to save it. It'll be on our page. You can revisit it. And maybe we can talk again soon. Thank you, Lorena. I would love to. And much love to you, sister. And I mean the love of hugging, but yes. also of liberation. All of it. Yes, yes, exactly. Much love to you. As always. Your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, go to multiculturalclassroom.com. Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.